Hello and welcome to Trainer's Voice, brought to you by Guardian Angel Equine Services, a podcast created for the busy equestrians in mind for on-the-go training, chat, and learning. My goal as a horse trainer is to improve horses' lives and performance by educating and helping their owners. These episodes are my opinions based on my knowledge from research and experience, so feel free to ask any questions at any time. My links are always in the show notes. Hey guys, I've got a couple thoughts for you today, actually. Um, Just some things that have really been going through my mind lately about just things that I've come across. And I just wanted to kind of have like a, um, a thought with you guys today. Like just open your mind and just think for a second. And so the first thing that was brought to my attention... Um, I was listening to a podcast and, um, they were talking about, um, neurological stuff in humans and, uh, the placebo effect and stuff, but I kind of got off, um, topic and just really started thinking about, um, I used to be super, um, hard on myself about, how much I've learned since, uh, researching equine behavior and like things that I just never knew. I was like, how did I go this many years without knowing some of these things? And a lot of it just comes down to tradition. I was never taught the people I was around just didn't know. And it's not that they're bad people or anything, but you only know what you know and you don't what you don't. And I got to thinking a little bit more about it. I just overthink everything. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not. But I was overthinking it. And I was like, but in all honesty, there's some of these things that we already know. We just don't actually think and take into consideration what we do know. So the best example I have in mind is... Everyone knows that their horses can feel when flies land on them, right? Like, it's not a secret. Everyone knows. Everyone observes it on a uh, daily basis. You know, you go out there and there's flies and your horse is twitching and all that, you know. And it's like as soon as they land, they twitch, they fly off. Like, you know, it's like a fly. You know, your horse can feel that. Like, everyone knows this. It's not a secret. But I also find it ironic that we have really gotten to um, normalize whipping horses, but yet we want to tell ourselves that it doesn't hurt or we want to justify whipping a horse because of some reason. And most of the time, we want to justify things to make ourselves feel better. But one of the lousiest things I've heard is, oh, well, it doesn't hurt. You know, when you even like a subtle tap, which is what majority of people would will tell you that they use. You know, they don't whip the horse. They just tap them. And, you know, while I agree, if you were using a whip, a tap is the most harshest type of way to use the whip or the most way, the best way to use the whip without being too harsh. Like that is the harshest level you should go to using a whip is just a nice little tap. However, people, some 
some people's taps are not very nice. And there are some people who don't realize the power behind the tap that they give. But it's ironic to me that we just don't, I'm not going to say we don't know that they can hurt horses and that they really do feel it and that they feel it more than we do, possibly to a certain extent. Because we do know that. We know this because horses can feel flies land on them, you know? Like, they feel a lot, and they feel the slightest, they feel energy, really. Like, you don't even have to touch them to for a horse to respond. And a fly landing on them, like, is the lightest touch in my head. I feel like it's the lightest touch you can give a horse physically, and they can feel it. You know, they can feel that fly. So why have we normalized using whips so much? Like not, I'm not saying like, this is not a hate podcast about whips. I'm just saying like, like think about it a little bit. Like, it's not like we didn't know that horses, that you could hurt horses with whips or anything, or like even the, even a, a tap from certain people could be considered harsh to some horses, you know? It's not like we didn't know that because we know flies land on horses. So I was so, I'm, I've always been harsh on myself. But what I, I just can't wrap my head around is like, I've been so harsh on myself about these things that I didn't know, which isn't true. Most of these things I did know. I just was taught in a way that I was blinded and taught to go on a different thought process than what's actually in front of me you know, and I, I just, I'm just putting that thought out there right now, (laughs) just cause you know, it's not, it's not a secret, but I just, cause there's a lot of things around the horse industry that is like that. We normalize so much with our horses, like stalling, spurs, um, sometimes the way we train like patient poles and stuff, like some of these things, like we know in our head, the things it can do to our horses, but yet we've normalized it so much that we don't think through what we're doing and why it happens. And I think that's really why I love behavior and learning about behavior is because like you're thinking through that whole process, you're understanding and seeing what's going on. You're not just going about it because it's tradition. Or that's what you were taught. But, so aside of that point. I want to also, I had another thought while I, uh, right before I did that last thought. But I already forgot it. So, this is why I love podcasts. Because I can just get it out there as soon as possible. Sometimes I forget. But anyway. So, another thing that um, happened to me this week that I wanted to bring up too. And it kind of plays along with it. But... You know, so my horses, I finally got my client horse migrated in with my two boys. Jake has been a butt to my client horse, and he's never been this way to a horse ever before. And I've had him since he was a weanling. And he's been thrown into different pastures with different horses. Um, like, I, he's never acted this way towards a horse. But I finally got to where they, they'll stay together. But due to finances and the shortage of hay and all sorts of stuff, they've 
um, you know, they've been beating the pasture down to just dirt. And it's been kind of harsh on them, and I can't keep enough square bells in the barn for them to eat. And so there's been times where they've walked through the fence trying to get to green grass, or they um, push the fence and uh, break it somehow or something. And I was told by the lady I board for, which this is not bad at all or anything, but she brought up the comment like, you know, they're walking through the fence because they're looking for grass. That's the conclusion she came to, which is in my, in my same conclusion is correct. And I just got to thinking, you know, like we understand horses graze 24 seven. It's not something we don't know. We know these things. But when we put our horses in a situation to where they can't graze or munch or do something with their lips and such as stalling them or even just in a small paddock. So my horses are in a smaller area right now. But like when we put our horses in that situation, then we just all of a sudden forget that my horse needs something to do, you know. We've took an animal that grazes 24-7 and then we take them out of that situation and they do nothing for eight, eight hours a day. You know, there's no food uh, for them to munch on throughout the day. And I'm only saying this not because to hate on people who stall horses. I, because I personally, and I'm not saying these people aren't out there, because I know there are, I've just never met someone who actually stalls their horses and puts enough hay out that they are able to graze from when they're there to when they come back to feed in the evening. You know, the hay is always gone. And... I, you know, I feel like that is a huge problem for our horses, not necessarily just ethically, but like that is a problem that can be produced and create behaviors that are not wanted, pawing, neighing, um, you know, frustration, food aggressive, um, pushing around to get to food, you know, like these can create these behaviors. And so I am a huge stickler for making sure my horse has something to do. And while I'm not a huge fan of lick tubs, I did end up buying a lick lick tub because that is the one thing that I can get right now. Other than like, because it's getting hard to find hay, especially square bells. And I don't want to buy like a huge round bell or a huge square bell right now in case something happens because we're hoping to move in the next couple weeks. So I don't want to get something that they're not going to eat all of. So I'm trying to get square bells, but that's getting hard. And so I went ahead and got a lick tub, even though I'm not a huge fan of lick tubs. It'll keep them busy enough until I can figure out what to do next. And they can stand there and lick it as long as they want. So unlike feeding a bell of hay, like a square bell of hay, that is 
Um, so that barrels of hay that I buy are a um, hundred pound bells and one horse will eat all of that. So I'll feed, go to work, come back, and they'll have it all eaten. Just one horse. And so to me, it's like, this is obvious. Like people know that horses graze 24 seven. They know that these behaviors such as pushing down the fence, walking through the fence, being aggressive, like they know these things are caused by lack of food, lack of forage, lack of something to do. But we've normalized stalling so much that we don't think about putting those, integrating those things with our stalling, giving them enough forage, giving them toys, giving them something to do, you know? So I just wanted to put that out there too, as far as like to just think about it, you know? Um, cause these are reasons why I'm not a huge, I'm a person that I really don't like to stall my horses unless I have to. Um, because I mean, if I am able to turn out my horse, it can be less, less expensive to turn my horse out on pasture rather than paying all that hay to keep my horse where there's hay in the, in the stall. Because they're going to graze all day. So, and like I said, I know there are people out there that do make sure that their horses are able to graze all day through the stall, like in the stalls and everything. And good for you. I'm glad you're there. And I hope that you preach that till you die. I just wanted to kind of bring that up because I know there's a lot of people out there like, it just goes back to that thing. We know, we know that horses graze 24 seven. It's not like we didn't know this, but growing up or someone who's taught you has taught you a different way that we forget and don't think about what's going on and why we do something. So I, that was just my thought process on those two things. Um, and there was something else I wanted to talk about, too, that I completely forgot about. Maybe I'll think about it here in a second. So, I remember the other thing that I wanted to also kind of point out was... This doesn't isn't necessarily completely horse-related, um, but it relates to my life and kind of where we're going at as far as education, I guess. Um, but I was listening to a podcast where this girl was talking about how proud she was because she was the first in her family to go to college. Her mom and her dad didn't go to college, but she went to college and so on and so forth. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I got triggered. Um, because I feel like majority of my life, that is all I heard, was about how you needed to go to college, um, you can't really make a living if you don't go to college, um, you need to look into this college, that college, college this, college that, 
Um, and then you really start thinking about, now I can only speak for a few schools that I have been in and around and people who I've talked to. But when you get into high school and they start asking you, like, what do you want to do in your life? What college do you want to go to? And for the kids who don't want to go to college, they split your kids up into kids who have a bright future going to college. And then your kids who are pretty much, I and some of my friends used to call them the dumb class. Because these were your kids who were your troublemakers. They didn't want to go to college. They um, had some problems, you know, whether it be emotional, physical. By physical, I don't mean like disabilities. I just mean like they had issues and, you know, they were the kids that you didn't really expect to see go far in life. And needless to say, I was in that group of kids. And for people to tell you that, um, and now if you've been in one of these schools, you probably know what I'm talking about in a school that does this. I don't know if this is like a thing or if this was just how our school dealt with, you know, the kids who are, we used to call them a smart and dumb class. But like, you know, that's all I ever really remember thinking about was I'm stupid because I don't want to go to college. I'm never going to have uh, make enough money because I don't want to go to college. But the thing that really struck me when this lady said, was talking about how proud she was because she was the first one in her family to go to college, which is nothing wrong to be excited about, right? Like if you want to go to college, your parents didn't go to college. Maybe, you know, there are people who just can't make it in college, you know? Um, but like, if you're proud of that, you take it and run with it. That is not at all what I'm talking about. But, like, to push college onto our kids after they, well, so I understand the reason why people want kids to go to college. I understand. Like, you need to, like, get in there, get your basics done, and then figure out what you want to do with your life. But when a kid wholeheartedly tells you, this is what I want to do in my life, and I don't want to sit here and do all these classes knowing what I want to do and not get anywhere, if that makes sense. That was, that was me. That was my problem. I was put in a class of kids who didn't want to go to college, and I was labeled as someone who wasn't going to get far in life because I knew what I wanted to do in my life. I didn't have to go to college and take basics and see what's out there and kind of figure out what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to do. Everything I've ever stated I wanted to do in my life pretty much was work with horses in some situation. The first thing I can ever remember giving a positive answer to as far as when my parents asked me what I wanted to do, and I don't remember how young I was at the time, but this is just the first actual job I said I wanted to do was that I wanted to own a horse training facility that offered riding lessons for your special needs kids. That's the first thing I ever remember telling someone I wanted to do. And I was pretty young. I don't remember how young I was, but I know I was younger than 10 because I remember I didn't have a horse at the time. 
And so I knew even like I knew before middle school that I, I knew I wanted to work with horses. Now there are colleges that offer certain things when to work with horses, you know, you can go to college and do this class for this horse. And like, there's a lot of different college courses that you could take for horses, but to go to college to get an equine training degree is a very gray area to me um, because I think for me to pay to go to a course for a, a degree in equine training to label me as a trainer, the course I would want to take is going to be so very expensive because it is going to have more than what most of your colleges are going to offer and consider to be what you need to learn as far as a horse trainer. So my version, after sticking my neck out and finding uh, the vocational school that I went to for equine production and learning all that I did, like I found that school. My school did not help me do that. I found that school. They knew I didn't want to go to college and I was done for, but I knew I needed to find something to get my name out there, to have some sort of certificate to get me going. And then I would find more courses of more stuff I wanted to do. So then I found massage, you know, you don't have to go to college to take courses to be certified. Now, of course, that is a must for a lot of different things. Um, but to me, as a horse trainer, if I'm going to pay someone who wants to talk about how certified they are and they're a certified horse trainer, to me, I would want this person to have a course in nutrition, uh, behavior, um, more of like, a, maybe more than a, an assistant, but not quite complete vet tech class. Um, um, biomechanics and locomotion, uh, um, proper tick fat, uh, tick, uh, proper tack fitting, um, and knowledge and uses, um, what else is there? Um, be along with the behavior, but training more specifically going over like training and learning theories and methods. So not just going over like, there's like tons of other different types of theories and methods that you could learn about, um, that can apply to training horses, um, psychology and horses, um, like the, there's a bunch of different things. Like for me to want to go to school and take basics and go through your sciences and just all of these things, it would have to be a training course program, whatever in college that 
had all of these courses intertwined with it. Now that's a lot. In a perfect world, yeah, I would say like, if I was to send my horse to a trainer, they need to have certificates and degrees and all these things. But, you know, it's not a perfect world and you're not really going to get um, a place that's going to have every single one of those things. Like, it's kind of like a building block. You start with a certain um, course and then you build on top of it. Like my massage, I started with my equine sports massage and then I add on my taping course and then uh, eventually I want to get a certified saddle and bridle fitting and then acupressure and like you just build on those things. And to me, I feel like, you know, that is what I already had in mind in my life as far as things that I wanted to do. And while I've learned more and want to do more as I've gotten older, I just feel like college for me, I was just able to not necessarily skip, but instead of having to go through taking basics and having to take um, certain amount of courses and stuff, I was able just to jump straight into what I knew I wanted to do. Um, so like to me, and it's, this isn't always correct, but to me, I felt like college was more of somewhere to go and take your courses until you figured out what you wanted to do, if that makes sense. Now that's not always correct. There are things you definitely have to go to college for, such as veterinarian, doctor, um, psychology, like there's a lot of things you have to go to college for. However, I don't know very many horse trainers who have um, a college degree in horse training. Um, I think there's a couple colleges that offer, I don't know that it's even actually called horse training, but they offer certain types of things. So, but my point being, I knew I wanted to train horses, but I also know that because of the things I want in a horse trainer, such as the nutritional classes, the biomechanics, the um, behavior, like all those things I want in with that, that I would look for in a trainer to send my horse to, and what I would want to do as a horse trainer, like I can still find courses and take, so, and still get like a certificate of some sort, or even a, some sort of degree in um, nutritional classes. I can find some online. I can find behavior classes online. I can find like, there are good schools who offer these things online that you don't have to go to college for. And so when she just brought up how happy she was, I, and I'm, I'm proud that people are happy of that, but I feel like some sometimes in some people, we need to really start to realize that you don't have to go to college. You know, you don't have to pressure someone into going to college when it's, I'm not going to say not necessary, but it's something they obviously don't want to do. Like, I don't know. It just, I have very mixed feelings about it. Do you always want your kids to go to college? Yeah, you do. But here's the thing. Where do you draw that line between 
pushing your kid to go to college and then recognizing, hey, what they want to do in life. And they seem to be pretty darn set that they want to do this. Like I said, I've always known I wanted to work with horses. Now, my dream of wanting to own a horse training facility and offer lessons and riding um, services to special needs kids has changed. That's not really my forte anymore. But I still want to train horses and I still want to offer education to um, the public as far as horses go. My goal has even gone further than that and I eventually want to get certified equine behaviorist and I want to get certified in all these things that I feel like I would want in a horse trainer and until I can get certified I'm still going to do my left my best to learn in all of these um in all of these courses and things that I want to get certified in so I just feel like you know, sometimes college is a little too pressured into us and that it's a little too looked a uh, little too frowned upon when we hear our kids say that they don't want to go to college. To me, I don't think that it is necessarily important to really start hammering down as far as do you truly want to go to college or not until you're fixing to get into high school because then you still got four years to figure out do you want to go to college or not and then even then like you can start your basics online while you're in high school but I really feel like starting to ask kids and talk to kids about college in middle school yeah I guess you could bring it up here and there but like to really drill into their mind that they need to go to college I feel like it's not a great idea but that was just my feelings on that subject and I figure I just throw it in with this podcast because it, I had those other thoughts and I just figured you know let's just add this one because I know a lot of horse people and you may be one listening understanding the feelings I'm coming from because I know a lot of horse people who have not made it to college and they're not necessarily upset about that you know they're doing just fine I'm doing okay I'm still a vet assistant working in a vet clinic, you know, I didn't go to college, so you can still make it without having a college degree, that's just my opinion. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, college is bad, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to college, I feel like if you get into high school and you're not sure what you want to do, I would go ahead and take all your basics online, if you have that option and get your basics out of the way because even then if you finish those and you're like you know maybe I don't want to go to college at least they're done so if you do change your mind and you want to go back to college you know then great you have those basics done but you know that's just kind of my thoughts and feelings on that um so those were my thoughts for the day of things that you may already know and I hope it kind of opens your mind a little bit and makes you think a little bit more about um, about feeding and just your horse's reactions and the way they feel, like physically feel things, not just their feelings, but like think a little harder about what you already know, 
you know, question things, look into things, you know, um, I know there's a lot of people who are always like, you know, I'm not just going to put anything into my horse's body, but they also aren't the type of people that's going to question things. They're not going to care to look into things. They don't want to understand, well, I, I, I don't think that it's safe, but you don't know anything about, about what it is, you know? Always, always learn, expand your mind, expand your learning, and figure things out. Don't just... Don't just make up an opinion based on something that you really don't know a whole lot about or because so-and-so said so. Look into it. Learn more. Always strive to learn. Hopefully this podcast was kind of a little bit of a success. These were just things that popped into my mind that I felt like maybe kind of would get your brain a little turn in there for a minute and just kind of think about um, some things and you know, carry it with you and always question things. Why does your horse react the way it does on certain, on certain things and not on certain, on, on other things, you know, just kind of my thoughts and opinions and feelings. So hopefully we'll talk again soon. Bye.